pray? Sure. Okay, I'll let you pray. Oh, you pray. Oh, apparently I'm going to pray. He changed his mind. Okay, apparently I'm going to pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your love, and your mercy. Father, as we approach your word humbly and with great reverence and awe and fear, we just ask that you give on to every person that hears this message a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge into the truth of you. Father, we know that it's your will that every person be healed, whole, and well. And so, Father, we just ask that you just help us to get that across, think through our minds, speak through our lips, the very oracles of God. Use our tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer and give every person that hears this word a revelation. Drop it down into their hearts. Drop it down into their spirits and their minds and, and, and have it come up in their minds that God wants them healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. and amen. Well, we're going to start a series um, and we're going to break the series into segments um, because what the Lord's been dealing with me about is looking at every case of healing in the Bible. Every case of healing in the Bible. And so because we live in the New Testament era, uh, or we're in the New Testament covenant, we're going to start in the New Testament. And so right now the series that we're going to start on is healing in the Gospels. So we're going to be looking at all the different healings that took place in, G in the time of Jesus' ministry. Um, and as we go through this, we'll see that Jesus was not the only one that ministered healing to people. His disciples did as well. But we're going to start right here in the book of Matthew. Matthew uh, chapter 1 um, is the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, and, and his coming and his birth, how he came about to be uh, born. And then chapter 2 continues along those lines and talks about um, birth. his birth and where he lived as a small child. Um, and then chapter 3 picks up with John the Baptist and talks about John's role in Jesus' ministry. And then we get to Matthew chapter 4 and... Um, here, Jesus takes on the devil. A lot of people read this and think and believe that the devil took on Jesus, but no, Jesus took on the devil. Uh, because in every situation, because Jesus had gone and spent time with the Father for 40 days and 40 nights fasting, praying, and, and building himself spiritually to, to be able to understand the Father and how the Father wanted to use him. And towards the end of the 40 days, Satan came and tempted Jesus. And in every occasion when Satan came and offered his uh, abilities to Jesus, Jesus spoke the word back to Satan. And eventually Satan left. And then we see that Jesus, uh, from that point, left. Uh, he left Nazareth and went and dwelt in Capernaum. Um, and, and shortly thereafter, he goes and he collects a few of his disciples um, in Matthew's account. And then when we get over to uh, verse 23, chapter 4, verse 23 of Matthew, um, we see the first healing recorded in the New Testament. So let's read that, Matthew 4, 23 to the end of the chapter. And Jesus went about all Galilee 
teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. And his frame went, his or, uh, excuse me, his fame went through all, out all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. All right. So what can we pick up here? What things can we learn here? Well, let's look at verse 23. It says, Jesus went about all of Galilee. So Jesus went out. Jesus went out. Um, so there is a principle about going out and going to the sick. Going to the sick. Now, in this case, he went teaching in their, where at? The synagogues. He went teaching into the churches. So in the churches is where healing should be taught, um, number one. Um, and then it says that he went teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The word gospel means the good news, the good news. And so when the, pre when the gospel is preached, it's good news. It's not tear you down, tear you up, make you feel like you're no good and there's no hope for you. It's good news. It's that if you're sick, you can be healed. If you're poor, you can have provision. If, you're, if you've got mental hardships or issues, whatever's going on, God's got the answer for you. He's got the cure. How much do you know? If you're in bondage to sin... The good news is you can be set free. So he went preaching the good news is what he went preaching and teaching. And so many times before people can be healed, they've got to be taught. And the reason they have to be taught is because many people automatically think, well, I know that God can heal, but I don't know that he'll heal me. And sometimes they what they... They believe the doctor's report more than they believe the father's report. And so many people will hear the report from the doctor. They'll even see the pictures of what's going on on the inside of their body. And that puts a stronghold in their life that has to be overcome. So they have to be taught, A, that healing does belong to them. They have to be taught, B, how to receive their healing how to act in, see, they need to learn how to act in faith, to re, how to, to, to obtain their healing. And then they also have to be taught how to maintain their healing. So there's a lot about healing that has to be taught. And so Jesus went in giving the good news. And it says that after he taught, he, it says that and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Now, does it say he only healed a few minor ailments? He healed all. And how much you know, in Jesus' day, medical ability was very limited. You, they, they could heal some things. They could take care of some things. But a lot of stuff that, they can, that we can take care that our that our medical doctors can take care of today, the medical doctors of his day could not take care of. But it says that he healed all manner of sickness. 
In other words, there wasn't a single type of sickness brought to him that he looked at and said, mm, sorry, that's too hard for me. He healed all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Um, and, and so no matter what they were dealing with, if they were dealing with leprosy, if they were dealing with bleeding issues, if they were dealing with broken bones, if they were dealing with infirmities and couldn't walk and couldn't move, if they had withered hands, if they had had, if they had, had strokes, didn't matter what it was, he healed it. And then it says, um, and then you go to the, ver to the next verse, and it says his fame went throughout all of Syria. So he's in Galilee, and he's healing, and the word of, his, of the healing that was being provided, where? In the synagogues because that's where he was teaching, went out all the way into Syria, which the um, Syrian people did, weren't even part of the Jewish nation. Uh, they were, many of them were considered half-breeds um, and, didn't, and in, in their time and culture didn't qualify. But it says, and they brought him all sick people, all sick people um, that were taken with divers diseases or different kinds of diseases and torments. That word torments means the pains of sickness. In other words, they had some type of sickness in their physical body that was causing them pain. And so he healed them of their diseases and he, caused, and he healed them of the pains from their illnesses, from their pains. And then it says, and those which were possessed with devils. Now, does it, it didn't say that he brought them uh, sick and demon-possessed people. It said that, they brought, that he brought the sick people. So sometimes a person that is very sick has a demon. Now, that word possessed is not the same, is not the same word that we, when we say possessed, uh, we think of a demon that's living in somebody's spirit and controlling them. Now, I'm sure there was some of that here. But that word possessed here means under the direct influence of a demon. Under the direct influence of a demon. Not, it doesn't necessarily mean to the degree of the demon uh, controlled their spirit, but, it's, but it does mean that their demon was what was causing the sickness. Now, that word demon, if you go look that word up in the original Greek, me, is, we get the word demon from the Greek word, which is uh, uh, hold on, demonius. Demonius is where we get this word. Um, and what it means is it means a little g god. Which what, so what, what he was saying is that these little G gods, these deities that they worshipped, had put these sicknesses on them. Had put these sicknesses on them. And Jesus uh, set them free from that. And then it says, and those which were possessed with devils and those that were lunatic. One definition of that word lunatic is the, is the word epilepsy. But we don't know that they really understood epilepsy in the Greek at that time. Really, the way they said it is they would, 
really the word, the definition that would really mean the most would be they were what we what we refer to as moonstruck, moonstruck, which meant that they would have these compulsions or these seizures that seem to get worse with the moon. That's what moonstruck is. Is they would have some type of something occur in their body, what we would refer to as a seizure-like symptom, um, and it seemed to get worse with the moons. Uh, so they were, they were looking at the pattern of behavior. Um, and so, there, so many times you'd hear people say that they were moonstruck, moonstruck. And it says that Jesus, um, and it says, and that, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. So it didn't matter, and so what we can take from here is it doesn't matter what the sickness is, and it doesn't matter what the cause of sickness. Now, all sickness comes from Satan. God has no sickness in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. When we get to go to heaven, there'll be no sickness. So where does sickness come from? Sickness comes from Satan. Who delivers the sickness? Demons. The word, or what you could say, don't throw stones at me, but this is the way that they would often say it, is they would say an angel brought sickness upon somebody. Because in their day, in their time, they didn't understand necessarily understand the difference between like we do, we understand angels and demons. But what the word angel means specifically is a messenger. And it didn't matter if it's a good messenger or if it or didn't matter if it was a messenger of good or a messenger of evil, it was a messenger. A messenger. So we know that all sickness, no matter how it comes, it's delivered via a messenger. But it's not a messenger of God. God doesn't put sickness on anybody. In fact, it would be silly. Now, let's think about this for a minute. It'd be silly because it, it, he said he, dealt, he cast out demons. And it says, and um, those that were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic, and they understood that those that were lunatic got worse with the, moon, with the flow of the moon. Well, we know that Satan is the god of darkness and that his powers are, the strong, are, are stronger at night in the darkness than they are during the day. So some of these people that were lunatic, you could easily say, were under the influence of false gods or messenger or a messenger of evil had brought this symptom upon them. Now, does that mean every person with epilepsy has a demon? No, absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that an evil spirit has delivered sickness to the body. Has delivered sickness to the body. And, and sickness can be delivered because we live in a, in a dying world, in a cursed world. You don't have to do anything wrong to have a messenger come. How much do you know? Have you ever gotten a wrong package delivered to your house? Yeah. Well, guess what? messengers of Satan will deliver packages of sickness to your house sometimes when you've not done anything to deserve it. The question is, is do you receive it or do you reject it? Many people receive it. A habit. 
So, but, but what we want to see is that Jesus, no matter what the sickness was or how the sickness came or what was behind the sickness, Jesus healed it. So the first healing in the, new go- in the, in the Gospels, in the New Testament, is doesn't matter what it is, God can take care of it. Doesn't matter what it is, God can take care of it. You want me to give you a couple other translations? Go ahead. Okay. So this book here is all about healing scriptures. Yes. And uh, it's... Pastor Chip did this yeah, book. Yeah, Pastor it's an Chip book. over in Dayton, Tennessee did this book. And, and he went through... Um, yeah. Well, and we'll get some of these from the church. Yeah. yeah, we've only got one right now. Yeah, you can't but, have my copy. Right. Uh, he went through... He ended up with uh, 454 verses from the King Cha- King James Version that deal with healing. Yes. He went through 618 unique translations of the Bible, and, and he didn't list every translation for every verse. Thank but, God. Because a lot of them were almost exactly the same. Uh, but he did the ones that were slightly different, he listed them. So basically this book just lists the healing scriptures, Yes. and it lists uh, different translations on those healing scriptures. Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful book. And we'll get some of them for the church. I'll call in and say, hey, so, I need some so I want So off of these two verses, I want to read two translations here. Uh, the first one is uh, the CWB, which is, it tells me in the back what that stands mm-hmm. for. Remember, there's 618 different translations. I'm like, Ooh. okay. So CWB is the uh, clear word translation uh, that was, that was uh, final, the final revision was in 2003. So it says, uh, Matthew 4, 23 and 24. Jesus went on foot throughout the country of Galilee, spreading the good news of the presence of God's kingdom by teaching in the synagogues, preaching in the open air, and healing people of every kind of sickness. He became known almost overnight from as far away as Syria. People with all kinds of diseases came to be healed, including those suffering from devil possession, seizures, and paralysis. And he healed them all. That's what the palsy is, is paralysis. Yeah. So the next one is the Galilean translation, which is from the, uh, uh, which is from, good it's the Galilee translation. Oh, it's from the Galilee translation pro- project. So it's not actually a Bible, but they're, they're all those. But let's see. It says here, uh, Matthew 4, 23 and 24. Jesus was going all around the Galilee, teaching the good news of the kingdom in their houses of worship. Jesus was also healing people of all types of diseases and sicknesses. The news about Jesus went all over the land of Syria. They brought him all the people who were sick. So what Robbie was saying about them bringing all of them, it's, it's right. These people had all kinds of diseases. They were suffering from much pain. Some of them had demons inside of them. Some were epileptics, and some were paralyzed. Jesus healed them all. Yes. Glory to God. Just wanting to read those because they confirm yes. what Robbie's been saying. Yes. There, and there's, there's, a, there's like two more pages of the translation. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So God, so God, the first thing that God wanted us to know about healing, the very first thing, I mean, somebody that's brand new that says, man, I just want to read the Bible, if they can get at least to chapter 4 of Matthew, they'll find out whatever sickness you've got, God wants to heal it. God wants to heal it. If you can just get to chapter 4, God wants you to know that God can heal it. 
Well, then um, chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7 um, is all the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus begins to talk to the talk to the Jews and, and later the, you know, and what turns out to be the disciples and the Christians later on, he begins to tell them about uh, walking in this New Testament, what it, what, how we should actually behave, how we should actually uh, begin to, um, how we should be living in the New Testament. And in that chapter 8, we don't see one healing, but we see several healings take place. So he tells us, he tells us, here's the good news, and he shows us that no matter the sickness, no matter the ailment, no matter what causes the sickness or the ailment, God wants to heal it. Jesus can heal it. Now, I put some pretty heavy emphasis on that demons cause the sickness, and that sometimes in order to get somebody healed, that you've got to cast the demon out, because that's what Jesus said. Is, it says that he cast many demons out and they were healed. The reason I bring that up is because today many Christians do not believe in devils and demons. Many Christians do not. And I find that astounding because of how often Jesus talked about devils and demons and having to cast them out and how many times he equated having to cast devils and demons out of people in order to get people healed. So that's why I put emphasis on that is because we've got to understand that illness is not always or simply just because of a malfunction in the body. Sometimes there's a spiritual force behind it that has to be dealt with. And so I just wanted to point that out um, because a lot of times people fail to get healed because they fail to recognize that, that they've got to deal with a spiritual side of a sickness. But now let's look at chapter 8. We've got time to look at a, one or two of these healings that takes place in chapter 8. Um, this is, I have it marked in my Bible right next to where it says chapter 8. I have the words written, I will. Because I, this is to me the great I will chapter when it comes to healing. We see several examples of healing, and in every situation, there's a, there's a level of doubt in every person that comes to Jesus for healing. And in every, in every case, no matter what their doubt is, Jesus said, I will. And this, this is where we, we come to uh, understand what God's will is towards healing. Right. You know, he, he wills that we be healed. That's right, exactly. He desires for us to be healed. So let's read Matthew 1 through 4. I want to look at this first healing. We're going to look at this account in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It comes in as we, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this first healing. Um, so let's look at this one in all three examples. All right, verse 1. When he w was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. That would be Jesus being followed. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Don't you stop and think about this for just a minute. It says that there's a great multitude following Jesus. This is hundreds to thousands of people are following him. And according to Jewish law, the lepers, anybody that had leprosy was not, in, was not permitted around other people because leprosy was so contagious. 
So when the Jews saw someone with leprosy, there was an immediate commotion. So this was not simply Jesus was walking down the road, and here come a leper, and it was just he and Jesus, and they were having a conversation. No, it was he, and, and there, was a, there was hundreds to thousands of people following him, and, and trying to get his attention, and trying to talk to him, and hear from him. There was a lot going on, and here comes a leper. And I can guarantee you that in that moment, the multitude freaked out. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. All, all you got to do is look back to the recent times with COVID yeah. when we didn't understand how COVID was being transmitted or, or, or how you were going to catch it. Think about these people back then before there was medical knowledge like we have now. And, and leprosy was a deadly disease. Yes. And, and they didn't contagious. know how you got it. They just knew that it was contagious. And so there would be a lot of commotion. There would be people yelling and screaming him to get away. There would be people screaming and yelling to stone him. There would be a, just a ton of, com you know, ton of commotion against him. Talk about coming under doubt and unbelief, the, the opportunity for doubt and unbelief. But look at what he did. It says that the leper came and worshipped Jesus. This means that he... That in the midst of this crowd that wanted him gone, wanted him separated and dead, in the midst of that chaos, this leopard fell to his face. Because it says he fell and worshipped him, or came and worshipped him. The worship in their day would be, they would prostrate themselves. They would fall on their knees and bow and put their face to the ground, and they would basically be very humble and very submitted and say, I'm no threat, Lord Jesus. And so... He, he came and he worshiped, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. So the leper did not doubt Jesus' ability. He had obviously heard what had been happening in chapter 4. He had obviously heard that Jesus was healing everyone. And now he's come to be healed. There's a multitude that wants him gone and wants him dead. And he's just so desperate to be healed that he drops to his face. And he said, Lord, I know that you can, but I don't know that you will. And look at what Jesus does. Just go ahead and look that up. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've got it. Okay. Um, and Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. I mean, when, when COVID came out, nobody wanted to touch anybody. Or anything. Or get, get within six feet of them, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Leprosy is a lot worse than COVID, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. And Jesus didn't have any problems with it. He t reached out and touched him. The crowd would have been like, <gasps> yeah. yeah. At that point, everybody's mind said, oh, my gosh, you've come in contact with it. Now you have it. But Jesus, because how much do you know in that moment that man's unbelief was running rampant? He's got all these people that want him gone and want him dead. And, or, or dead, one of the two. And in that moment, Jesus reaches out and touches him and said, uh, not only am I willing, and physically gave him something to hold on to that he's willing. You know, basically, Jesus walked up to him and touched him and said, I'm not afraid of this sickness. Right. Touched him and said, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of this thing. This thing has no power. This thing has no control. How much you know that does great? That did a lot for that leper. In that moment, that not only Jesus didn't only say it, he showed, I am willing. And then he said, be thou clean. 
and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now remember, at this point, Jesus had not yet gone to the cross. The Old, Testament, the Old Covenant had not yet been done away with. So under Jewish law, now that he was cleansed of his leprosy, now that he had no more leprosy active in his body, he had to go to the priest, and the priest had to declare him clean and, and uh, able to go back into society. Had the, had the leopard not done this, he would have been in rebellion and disobedience to God, and it would have been an open door for the leprosy to come back. So that's why Jesus told him, I know you're excited, I know you're happy, I know you want to go tell everybody, but first, go, go fulfill the law, go tell them. Go show thyself and give an offering to God, give worship to God. So let's go look at this account in Mark chapter 1. Mark 1, did you want to read that out of no, there? that's good. Mark 1. So if you couldn't get to Mark, if you couldn't get to Matthew chapter four, if you just get to Mark chapter one, you're going to find out that God wants to heal. So Mark chapter one, verse forty through forty-five. All right. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, if thou wilt. Thou canst make me clean. Notice I said in the first verse, in, in Matthew, I said he came and worshipped. Yes. And I said worship in that day would have been, he would have gotten on his knees, he would have gotten on his face. Well, Mark confirms this. Mark says he came beseeching him, kneeling down and saying. And notice uh, Mark records him as saying the same thing. Yep. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will... Be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was clean. Excuse me. <clears throat> Again, Mark records this as Jesus, as Jesus reaching forth his hand and touching him and saying, I will be thy clean. Now listen, if God's so willing to, to heal leprosy, how much you know he's willing to heal whatever ails you? Amen. He's, God's not afraid. In other words, and here's the deal. If God's willing to touch leprosy, God's not, he's not afraid to touch whatever your ailment is. He's not afraid to get his hands in there and get it dirty, so to speak, to get that sickness out of you. He's willing to touch you with his healing touch. You know, and that's really what he's saying. He said, I'm willing to heal whatever you got. He said, I'm willing to heal it. I'm willing to put my hand to it and heal it. Let's read just a little bit more, and it says, And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. And he said unto him, See thou, sayest nothing to any man, but go thy way. Show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out <laughs> and began to publish it. In other words, he began to tell other folks he, about it. He went out and he told, because remember Jesus said, don't tell any man. Well, that used to always confuse me. Because Jesus repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly said, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. And I went, well, Jesus, 
why do you not want us to tell anybody? I thought we're supposed to testify of your good work. You have to remember the time period. You have to keep everything in perspective of the time. This was in the beginning of his ministry. This is in Mark chapter 1. This is in the beginning of the ministry, and Jesus knew that when enough word of him got out, when enough, when enough people heard about him, he knew that people were going to get stirred up and want him dead because God had already showed him the plan. So the faster the word got out, the quicker his time at the cross would come. So it wasn't that he doesn't want us to testify. It was that at that time period, he was saying, buy me some time. Because if he didn't want it told at all, period, why did he record it in the Bible? Right. It was, a, it was time sensitive at that point that it not get out faster than Jesus could get around to get people, to get his, minute, to get his, his message out. So in, let me finish verse 45. Okay. But he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. So he went above and beyond to tell everyone. Yeah, he didn't just go to the priest. He went everywhere. I imagine he went everywhere and said, look, you see that scar that used to be leprosy? Let me tell you how to, let me, and I guarantee you, you know, and you, you got healed of leprosy? Yeah. How much you know every leper, every leper in the region came to Jesus? How much you know every leper came? How much you know every sick person came? And some came to be healed, and some came to see a show. Now, we'll talk about that here if we get that far, that, that some came just to see if what they said was true. Now, let's go look at this in uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. See, if Luke gives us any more information, Luke was a doctor of that day, and Luke a lot of times will give us some extra details. A lot of times Luke gives us extra details. So Luke chapter 5, verse 12. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy. So he wasn't just out in the countryside. He was in a city. And notice, here's a detail. The man was full of leprosy he didn't have a little spot here or there he was full leprosy you know when the doctor says he had a full case of leprosy that means he had it on his face he had it on his hands he had it on his arms he had it on it was everywhere on his body this was a severe case yep. so so luke gives us the understanding that this leper this was not a minor case of leprosy. Yeah, he didn't this just is, have a spot on his hand. It was all over. It was all over him. And behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And yeah, how much do you know? I mean, honestly, me as a minister, I'm going to tell you right now, me as a minister, if somebody comes in here to me as a minister with a full case of physical fleshy rot, I'm going to be like, um, Lord, am I anointed right now? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pause and be like, Lord, am I anointed right now? Because if I'm not anointed right now, I don't think I want to touch that. I don't, I don't, mm, I don't think so. 
But remember what we saw. He had just spent 40 days with the Lord. Then he healed. Then he sat down and he taught the people. So this was some period of time. But how much you know, after he spent those 40 days, Jesus made a habit of every day making sure he was full of the anointing, full of, filled up with the word of God, filled up with the power of God. So Jesus didn't have to take that moment to go, well, Jesus, huh, Father, are you with me? Huh. No, he stayed filled. And we as believers need to stay filled with the power of God so that when somebody with sickness comes, we don't have to go, okay, let me go in my prayer closet for a week, and then I'll come pray. No, we've got to get full and stay full so that when we have somebody like this come to us, we can respond like Jesus responded. Let's keep going. Verse 13, and he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Now this time, you know, when you read the other verses, when you read the other examples, you think, well, he touched him, but he probably found a, a, an area of skin that probably didn't have an outbreak. But Luke told us he was full of it. So that tells us that there was no area without outbreak. And, and remember, they, they didn't have washing machines back then. No. So his clothes were prob probably had the stuff on it, too. Stuff too. I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing according as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Now, it said, now here Luke gives us some more information. He said his fame went out, and then the people came, the people that came, came, number one, they came to do what? They hear. came to hear. In other words, the leper said, they said, well, how, in other words, they asked the leper, how did you get healing? He said, number one, I heard. Number one, I heard Jesus. I heard him. And I listened and I pondered and I waited. I heard. And then number two, I came to be healed. Because remember it said, Luke said, and seeing Jesus afar so off, he came and worshiped him. In other words, he had, he, he obviously it wasn't like, I've never heard of Jesus. Oh, look, there's a multitude of people saying that he healed him, so I'll just go over there and get healed. This is what a lot of people do. A lot of people hear that there's a move of God going. They hear that if you go get this minister or that minister to lay hands on you, you'll be healed. And they come in, and they're, just, they're, they're not even listening to the minister minister. They're just sitting there going, come on, come on, get to the point where you lay hands, get to the point. And they're so consumed with get to the point that they never hear. So one way that you receive was very important because we know from Matthew chapter 4 that Jesus taught first. See, when Jesus taught the first time, they had no expectation of being healed. They had no expectation. They didn't even know who he was. He had never healed anybody prior to this. They just said, well, there's a, there's a man in there teaching, and he's, what he's teaching is good. And then they came, and they heard the teaching, and then they were healed. But then the word went out, hey, there's somebody healing. But Luke said uh, the leper heard, or the leper came having 
and, and seeing Jesus afar off, which meant he was looking for the man. In other words, he had heard how he could heal. He had heard how he had done this. He had heard the good news about Jesus, and he was looking for him. And when he saw him, he went immediately to him. And then he went and he told everybody what they did, what happened. So obviously he'd gone to the priest, but not only did he go to the priest, but he also told everybody else. And then he said, he told them this, he said, and, and, and we know that he was telling them how to obtain their healing because it says, and so much more went there a fame abroad uh, of him, and the great multitude came together too for the purpose of hearing. In other words, the leper said, you've got to hear first and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So obviously the leper told them how to get healed. First hear it, and then get your healing. But so many people come unwilling to hear. And that's why we don't, that's why, you know, in healing school we've yet to lay hands on anybody. Um, you know, we've prayed that people receive healing, but what are we trying to do first? The first thing we're trying to do is get the teaching in. You've got to learn that teaching, that you've got to, that healing belongs to you. Well, let's go back to Matthew chapter 8 and let's look at another account. We've got quick time to look at this because we've only got two accounts here to read. So we can do this uh, one here. And so we'll pick up in Matthew chapter 8. And verse 5, we'll read verses 5 through 13, and go from there. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou wouldst or shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that that, man, that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed the selfsame hour. Now here come a centurion wanting healing for his servant. And Jesus, and he, so he just tells Jesus, he's like, listen, just give me the word. I'll get out of your way. You can go back to what you're doing. And Jesus takes the time to rebuke the Jews. Takes the time to rebuke the Jews. And he looked at the Jews and he said, listen, Jews, there's this centurion Roman soldier, there's this centurion 
just not even part of the. He, he's he's not even part of you. He's not following. He's not been following me for days. He's not part of the covenant. He's not part of the covenant. He's not. And he comes to me and he says, "Just give me thy word." But here the Jews are following him everywhere he goes. They could have all said, "Jesus, just give us the word and we'll be healed." But not one Jew thought to do that. They all thought, "Well, we got to sit in here and here and here and here and here, and eventually he's got to put his hands on us." And then maybe we'll get healed. He said, listen, he said, you Jews are, he said, you're the ones with the covenant. And this non-covenant uh, Roman soldier has come to me and said, um, just give me the word. Just say that it's done and it'll be done. So how much you know right about now, this military man is possibly thinking, hello, I did not come for a, t a lesson. Hello, I came just for you to give me the word and go out. But at the same time, he's a military person, and I imagine there's probably times that a soldier would come and, and, or a general or somebody would come with authority, and the, the commanding officer would take time out to deal with them, <laughs> or, or the commanding officer would come, and, and the, you know, the, the higher-ranking person would come, and this commanding officer would say, give me just a second, let me deal with these troops. Give me just a second, let me deal with these troops, just a second. Rebuke the troops and then go, okay, now you are saying? So I kind of have a feeling that the centurion kind of understood what Jesus was doing in this moment. I, it's kind of the way that my brain works. But notice what he said. I love this. He said, and when, he said that the centurion came and he said, I'll come. He said, I will come and I will heal. How much you know that caused some people there to had to tilt? Wait a minute, you'll come? Jesus, all that's required for healing is for you to ask. Yep. That's it. That's it. Just like salvation, all you have to do to receive salvation is to ask the Lord to be the Lord, to Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And Jesus says, you want me? And you go, yep, I want you. And he goes, done. Same thing with healing. Lord, I want to be healed. You want to be healed? Yes, I do. Done. It's God's will to heal. And that's what the centurion said. The centurion said, he said, listen. He said, I understand how this commandment thing works. It's really what the centurion was saying. He said, he said look, I understand that you are a man with authority. You've got a, you're a man of power. I don't comprehend how sickness and disease works and obeys you, but I know that it does. Just give the command. And if you'll give me the command, my, my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, and Jesus stopped and looked at all the religious people, we could say, and say, see, it's just that easy. We could say this in the church today. See, it's just that easy. It's just that easy. Ask and trust that it's done. Amen. Because the centurion didn't say, when I get home and see that my servant is healed, I'll know that he's healed. He said, you give the commandment and it'll be done. Glory to God. Let's look at the second version of this um, in Luke chapter 7. Luke 7. Now notice Jesus didn't say to the centurion, he didn't go, well, you're not a Jew, no healing for you. He didn't go, well, you're not part of the covenant, no healing for you. He didn't go, um, you support, well, let's see, you work for the mean king, no healing for you. He didn't do that. He said, you want healing? There you go. It's yours. Because you've got faith. It's yours. 
So Luke chapter 7, verse 1 through 10, here Luke gives us quite a bit more information. Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. Now this centurion, now, that, now that's something we didn't know about. In Matthew, he said that his servant was very sick. He didn't say, my servant's about to die. So this man was very sick, very, very sick. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of, uh, sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for, or he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Now we found something out about this, this centurion. We found out why. It's because it says, and when Jesus, it says, and when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jew. Matthew records it that the centurion himself came. Here he says he sent the elders of the Jews. In other words, the centurion knew he wasn't part of the covenant. So he went, and, he went and got the Jews on his behalf to go and to say, hey. <laughs> and, and the Jews went, and the Jews basically pled his case. Verse 6. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent his friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say a word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto him, The people said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now do we understand why Jesus marveled? Because first the centurion went to the Jewish elders and said, listen, I've been good to you. I've helped you to get your synagogues built. I've, I've been an aid to you. you. You have a covenant with this man. You know, he's serving the Jews. He's healing people. Um, I need healing for my servant. Will you please go and bid him to come? And Jesus comes and gets close to the house, and the centurion doesn't even come out. The centurion sends his fellow soldiers, his friends, his comrades in arms, and says, and gives them the message to give. And Jesus is like, now wait a minute. First you sent me the elders, now you're sending me these people, and you're saying, and, and these people are telling me that you, that you don't see yourself worthy of me coming in, but you understand authority, and if I'll just give the command. How much do you know that's going to cause you to be marvel? Because he never even talked to Jesus face to face. He said, basically, he said, Jesus, just send the word. Just send the word. This is much like the preacher preaching the gospel. You going out to your friend, sharing the gospel with your friend, and, you're, and you showing them the word of Jesus, and them going, okay, well, I'll take him at his word. 
it's very much so the same thing because the centurion, in Matthew's account, we get the idea that the soldier is talking face-to-face with Jesus. But Luke gives us the information that, no, he never even saw Jesus face-to-face. And then he turned around to the people that were following him and saying, look, y'all are following me to get something out of me. Like, you're literally following me around like a puppy dog to get something out of me. And this man sent the elders. Then he sent his friends. He's still not face-to-face with me. And, but he said, all I have to do is send the word, and his servant will be healed. Healing, you don't have to have all of your ducks perfectly in a line. What you have to have is faith. What you have to have is faith. You have to have trust in God. You have to have trust in God. And you have to ask. You have to ask. You have to receive. But above all, when you ask and when you receive, you have to trust. Faith. That's what faith is, is trust. So isn't it amazing how when we get the full picture, we see the story a little differently? We understand it a little differently. A lot of times when you read the Gospels, you think that he had this centurion over here, and then he had this centurion account over there, and he had this leper over here, and he had this leper over there. But, but they're the same ones, but you've got to get the full picture and the full account. Um, and you've got to understand who's being uh, spoken to in each Gospel. Because uh, Matthew was, talking, was a Jew talking to the Jews. Luke is talking to the Romans. He's talking to the to the followers of the king. So he's talking to them about, uh, he's talking to military-minded people, and he's giving the military-minded people a, a full account of how this military action went down, so to speak, because this was a military action. The commander sent out, his, uh, sent out the people under him to go carry out a job. They carried out a job. Then he sent the next people out to carry the next stage of the job. They came back with the word, and he said, that's it. It's done. This is how the military operates. The general says, this is what I want done. He commands it down to the next soldier. That soldier commands it down to the, to the commander. They command it down, and then they send the word back to the general that it's done. And the general, now, what does the general do? The general says, okay, they gave me the word. The job's done, so the job's done. So this is how those things work. So we'll continue on our journey in healings in the gospel. It's going to probably take us several weeks, uh, several services to get through this. But we're going to look at every healing that took place in the gospels, and we're going to compare them book to book so that we can see the full picture. And so that we can see, and, and, and what you're going to find in this series is not one time did Jesus ever tell somebody no. Not one time did Jesus ever turn anybody away. Never. Uh, And and the reason is, is because healing belongs to every person that will receive it. Born again or not, healing belongs to every person that will receive it. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I preach myself happy, healthy, and whole. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, We'll do our tithes and our offering. You have, I don't, I even left my checkbook at home. Glory to God. Well, I don't have my wallet, so that makes two of us. Well, we'll put ours in. Later. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, thank you, Jesus. God knows we're good for it. Father, we thank you by faith for seed to sow. But if you have a seed that you'd like to sow, we're going to bless it and uh, honor God with, the, with our substance. Without him, we would have nothing. Glory to God. Do you want to bless? 
Yes. Lord, we thank you for this word that, that we've received. We thank you for uh, your healing power and the authority to use that in Jesus' name. Lord, we just want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we give unto your kingdom so that that work can be accomplished. Lord, we know that you, you, your word says that we should give a tenth of our, our, our income uh, to you and to, to the furthering of your work. And we do that with a grateful heart because you gave 100% to us. You didn't just give 10%. You gave 100%. Thank and it's, you, it's, it's only fair. It's the Thank small you. thing that we can do. In fact, we, sometimes we give more than the 10%. We give, we give when we are led to, we, we give above and beyond the 10%. And that's, that, that's an offering. And Lord, we, we, we can't outgive you. And we, we, we know that you will bless us back for, for what we do. That you will, that you will give to us back pressed down, shaken together, more than we can ever ask, hope, or think, so that we can be a bigger blessing under the kingdom. Lord, we just ask that you bless this offering, that you make it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or think, that it go to the furthering of your work, to the doing of, of, your, of your purpose and your will for this earth. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Satan, take your hands off the increase. Release it and let it go in every form and every format. Uh, angels go according to the word and minister to your people prosperity in every area and every facet of life in Jesus mighty name father we thank you that the word is working father I thank you that when we put our offering in that you'll bless it as well you can serve the people thank you father Amen. I just forgot to switch out my checkbooks I wrote my last check earlier today oh, I and I forgot that. and I forgot to grab a new checkbook 